There was a knock one morning, a man was standing at my door. He said, hello, I'm from Halliburton, have you heard of us before? We'd like to lease your backyard to drill for natural gas. It's called hydraulic fracturing, and it is the very past for a clean energy future above the Marcellus Stone. Plus, we'll give you lots of money and a new mobile phone. I said, you are a corporate crook. I don't believe the things you tell, and you can drive right off my property and then go straight to hell. No fracking way. No fracking way, I don't trust corporate salesmen, whatever they may say. No fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way. No fracking way, no fracking way. And that was David Rovix with an excerpt of No Fracking Way. You can find that entire song on the album Big Red Sessions. Welcome to Frack You Very Much, a fracking terrible podcast. You can find all the back episodes of Frack You Very Much at frackyouverymuch.com. You'll also find a link there to send me a message and some links there to make a donation. You can make a one-time or recurring donation to keep this podcast free and independent. You can also check out Frack You Very Much on Twitter at FYVM Show. This episode will be another reading from the Compendium. The Compendium is the Compendium of Scientific, Medical, and Media Findings Demonstrating Risks and Harms of Fracking, Unconventional Gas and Oil Extraction, 7th Edition, December 2020. The Compendium is compiled by the Concerned Health Professionals of New York and Physicians for Social Responsibility. Page 392, Liquefied Natural Gas LNG Facilities. Liquefied natural gas LNG is methane vapor that has been turned into liquid through a cryogenic process that lowers the temperature of the gas to its condensation point, minus 259 degrees Fahrenheit. Chilling natural gas to its liquid state shrinks its volume by a factor of 600, allowing LNG to be transported to places where pipelines don't reach, as when it is exported overseas on massive tanker ships. LNG is also sometimes used as a vehicle fuel in, for example, long-haul trucks. LNG facilities encourage fracking by creating storage for the glut of gas that fracking has created, by enabling its export, and by driving up prices and profit margins. LNG facilities are capital-intensive and consist of liquefaction plants, import-export terminals, tanker ships, regasification terminals, and inland storage equipment. LNG liquefaction requires immense energy in order to achieve the ultra-low temperatures required for condensation. An LNG facility typically requires its own power plant. Because they rely on evaporative cooling, LNG tanks are leaky by design. To maintain the liquid at super-chilled temperatures and prevent explosions, vaporized gas is vented from storage tanks directly into the atmosphere. Larger tanks are engineered to capture boiled-off gas, but this process is not leak-proof. 
before it is combusted or sent down a pipeline. LNG must be regasified via an energy-intensive process that requires massive infrastructure of its own, including periodic flaring to control pressure. Refrigeration, venting, leaks, flaring, and shipping make LNG more energy-intensive than conventional natural gas. A recent analysis shows that exporting large quantities of LNG from the United States will likely cause global greenhouse gas emissions to rise not only because of its energy penalty, but also because LNG exports add more fossil fuels to the global market and extend the lifespan of U.S. coal-fired plants. LNG creates acute public safety risks. LNG explodes when spilled into water, and if spilled on the ground, can turn into a rapidly expanding odorless clouds that can flash freeze human flesh and asphyxiate by displacing oxygen. If ignited at the source, LNG vapors can become flaming pool fires that burn hotter than other fuels and cannot be extinguished. LNG fires burn hot enough to cause second-degree burns on exposed skin up to a mile away. LNG facilities pose significant risks to nearby population centers and have been identified as potential terrorist targets. Nevertheless, in June 2020, over the strong objections of the International Association of Firefighters, the National Association of Fire Marshals, and the National Transportation Safety Board, the Trump administration lifted the nationwide ban on transporting LNG by rail to facilitate the planned construction of an LNG export terminal in Gibbstown, New Jersey. July 6, 2020 Investors concerned about falling demand, rising competition from renewable energy, and opposition due to climate concerns have delayed financing for at least 20 of 45 major LNG projects in pre-construction development around the world. Quote, Investing in new fossil fuel infrastructure like liquefied natural gas LNG terminals is increasingly an economically unsound decision, commented Andrew McDowell, the vice president of European Investment Bank EIB. EIB will stop financing fossil fuel projects after 2021. The pandemic also slowed LNG terminal development. The industry and some nations, however, still plan to boost LNG exports over the next 10 years. Methane, the main component of LNG, is a potent greenhouse gas, and these plans raise concerns about the possibilities of achieving the goals of the Paris Climate Accord. June 23, 2020 The U.S. Energy Information Administration reported that LNG export capacity would be used at less than 50% during June, July, and August 2020. 74 U.S. cargoes were exported in January 2020, but over 70 were canceled for June and July, and more than 40 canceled for August, according to the report. Quote, A mild winter and COVID-19 mitigation efforts have led to declining global natural gas demand and high natural gas storage inventories in Europe and Asia, reducing the need for LNG imports. Historically low natural gas and LNG spot prices in Europe and Asia have affected the economic viability of U.S. LNG exports. June 23, 2020 Royal Dutch Shell's Prelude, a floating plant designed to produce LNG from remote offshore gas fields, 
has not been operational since January 2020 because of safety problems, reported Forbes. Shell had not revealed the cost of the project, but estimates range from $12 billion to $17 billion. Operational costs were estimated to be high as well. Analysts at Goldman Sachs estimated that Prelude's costs are more than double those from other new LNG projects. Oil and gas prices have fallen dramatically since the project began about 10 years ago. And an analyst at Credit Suisse said that record low LNG prices make it difficult to cover operating costs. In contrast, Shell Australia's chairman said that Shell was pleased with Prelude's progress. June 19, 2020. Following President Trump's executive order signed in Houston in April 2019 to reconsider the prohibition of LNG transport by rail, the U.S. Department of Transportation, USDOT, and the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration, PHMSA, issued a final rule in June 2020 allowing the practice. The Congressional Research Service published a report addressing the new rule, including criticism, quote, perceived public safety and security risks of LNG by rail have raised concerns among state officials, the National Transportation Safety Board, and other members of Congress. The rule includes new operating safeguards and monitoring requirements for the highly combustible product, including increased outer tank thickness, new braking requirements, and remote monitoring of pressure and location of each LNG car. There are also requirements that attempt to reduce security risk. The CRS report reviewed the inherent risks of LNG by rail, safety and environmental record of the industries, and policy issues including legislation actions. Ongoing concerns included inadequacy of emergency responder training, manpower, and resources to deal with an LNG rail accident. LNG burns hotter and more rapidly than gas or oil. If LNG spills but does not ignite, it can cause asphyxiation or can create a vapor cloud which can burn if it contacts an ignition source. A boiling liquid expanding vapor explosion, BLEVE, could occur if a tank car was heated until rupture, resulting in a blast wave. Cascading failures where an LNG release and fire from one tank car can trigger succeeding cars to fail in the same manner have occurred in rail accidents involving rail shipments of crude oil and ethanol, according to the report. Proposed legislation includes an act to carry out further evaluation of LNG by rail safety, containing specific requirements, and which, quote, would rescind any special permit or approval for the LNG transportation by rail tank car issued prior to enactment, and would prohibit any regulation, special permit, or approval prior to the conclusion of a specified study period. May 25, 2020. Seven LNG projects are in various stages of construction in Canada's British Columbia, where the province has expected a fracking boom to feed the projects while concomitantly trying to address methane emissions. The largest of the LNG projects under construction is expected to require double the existing fracking operations. The province must also consider significant emissions from inactive and orphan wells. As new wells are drilled to meet LNG demands, the number of unattended wells is expected to rise dramatically, which will undermine efforts to cut methane emissions. 
British Columbia's goal of a 45% reduction in methane emissions from 2014 levels to be achieved by 2025. Controversy surrounds the province's methods of assessing methane emissions, with one evaluation indicating that emissions were 2.5 times the province's official report. British Columbia has formed a methane research group to better evaluate the problem. But the group's work focused solely on upstream operations, companies that extract or produce oil and gas, meaning facilities like LNG Canada are off the hook as an end-use downstream facility. One member of the group noted that LNG Canada received significant government subsidies, including carbon tax exemptions estimated in excess of $150 million a year. Quote, if the government wants to reach its methane target, it needs to stop subsidizing oil and gas. May 15, 2020 Now recognized by the European Union, EU, the problem of high methane emissions from the oil and gas industry offsets any potential climate benefits of importing LNG over coal. The EU's goal of climate neutrality by 2050 and multi-pronged strategies to curb methane emissions of imported natural gas considers measurement and reporting across fossil fuel sectors and supply change, as reported by the Germany-based cross-border focused energy journalism group Clean Energy Wire. Such a strategy, codified as concrete legislation, could force U.S. LNG producers to take their methane leakage problem more seriously if they want continued access to EU markets. The United States has been a net exporter of LNG since 2016, with most of the gas coming from the Permian Basin in western Texas and southeastern New Mexico that is now the world's largest oil-producing region and the United States' second-biggest gas-producing region. Recent studies have shown that flaring, venting, and leaking of natural gas are much worse in the Permian Basin than elsewhere in the United States. One recent study indicated that the amount of fugitive methane emissions from the Permian oil and gas operations nearly triples the climate impact of burning the produced gas. Natural gas production, liquefaction, and transport are all energy-intensive and lead to carbon dioxide emissions as well. March 1, 2020 in April 2019, Donald Trump signed an executive order instructing the U.S. Department of Transportation to write rules allowing rail transport of LNG. A detailed piece in the National Fire Protection Association's NFPA journal detailed the issues of concern to the safety community in the period between the Trump order and the release of the final rule. Public safety organizations such as the International Association of Firefighters, the National Association of Fire Marshals, and the National Transportation Safety Board were strongly opposed to the proposed rule. IAF, the IAFF pointing out that LNG will quickly evaporate into an immense and potentially flammable vapor cloud when exposed to ambient air, wrote that, quote, it is nearly certain any accident involving a train consisting of multiple rail, rail cars loaded with LNG will place vast numbers of the public at risk while fully depleting all local emergency response forces. Safety experts noted that communities and public agencies should be preparing for rail accidents and, recommend to the, and recommended the involvement of the nation's 3,000 local emergency planning committees mandated by Congress in 1986 to develop comprehensive emergency response plans.
January 28, 2020. For use as a marine fuel, there was no climate benefit for 20-year global warming potential from using LNG, and the use of LNG appeared to actually worsen the climate, Im climate impact of shipping according to a working paper from the International Council on Clean Transportation. More ships are being built to use LNG, which emits 25% less CO2 than usual fuel for the same amount of propulsion. The study evaluated climate impact by comparing life cycle greenhouse gas emissions of LNG, marine gas oil, very low sulfur fuel, and heavy fuel oil when used for marine shipping. The assessment included leakage during extraction, processing, and transport, as well as downstream emissions from combustion in unburned gas. The paper emphasized that the International Maritime Organization has developed climate goals, has signaled that it will re regulate emissions, and that continued investment in LNG infrastructure on ships and onshore risks making it harder to transition to zero-emission vessels in the future. January 14, 2020, the NTSB warned of the risk of catastrophic fires and explosions in response to a Trump administration draft rule to allow LNG transport by rail. Other groups, including fire marshals, the union representing rail engineers, and 16 state attorneys general also opposed the rule. The NTSB recommended that PHMSA should require stricter safety precautions but some rail industry groups oppose this. The executive director of the National Association of State Fire Marshals said, quote, The combination of a lack of information with no increased safety measures puts the public and our first responders at even greater risk. January 11, 2020. Scientists from Greece's National Center of Scientific Research identified, quote, scientific and harmonization gaps at ports storing and transferring LNG. The study examined 35 legislative documents and 23 articles in an extensive review of literature regarding safety and risk assessment, and summarized regulations addressing LNG storage tanks, bunker trucks, buffer ships, and LNG-fueled ships. At the time of the study, there were 21 operating LNG ports worldwide and 10 more with, quote, confirmed plans to operate by 2020. But the author stated, quote, the knowledge regarding safe storage, handling, and supply of LNG is still insufficient. They identified gaps including harmonization of LNG safety regulations at sea and on land for all LNG operations at ports and within various countries. Additionally, more work needs to be done using quantitative risk methods to better define safety and hazardous zones during LNG storage and bunkering at ports. The authors identified areas for further work by the academic community and industry organizations. October 10, 2019. Authors of an overview of risk analysis in the LNG sector proposed a comprehensive classification framework. Classification Strategy for LNG Risk Studies covering, quote, more aspects of risk analysis process compared with the existing review articles. The storage, transport, and use of LNG carries a potential for catastrophic accident and the field of risk analysis has been used, quote, to identify the potential hazards 
calculate the probability of accidents, as well as assessing the severity of consequences. The authors reviewed and categorized 66 papers addressing risk analysis in the LNG sector. The literature was examined with regard to methods, tools, data sources, and the type of LNG facility. The various risk analysis tools were described along with their advantages and drawbacks. Authors said that in spite of progress in the application of LNG risk analysis in the LNG sector, further research is needed, for which they make specific recommendations. These included attention to improved data quality and the introduction of real-life electronic data, more use of dynamic versus conventional risk assessment, and the use of more powerful risk assessment tools and methods. The review of data sources revealed that expert judgment was the most common source, suggesting that there is a lack of good quality data for LNG risk analysis. September 5, 2019. The Trump administration has used multiple means to push Europe to buy more American LNG, according to the Houston Chronicle. Trump aggressively promoted the exports through speeches and meetings with heads of state, and eight federal agencies have been charged with getting overseas gas infrastructure built. U.S. officials have acted as go-betweens with foreign counterparts regarding their own energy sectors, assisting U.S. allies in developing their own gas exports. Some in Europe, however, question America's sincerity about the stated goal of helping them achieve energy security. Quote, After the Senate passed sanctions in 2017 targeting Russia's Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline into Germany, a project the Trump administration has fought to block, Austria and Germany foreign officials released a joint statement calling the vote a bid to aid American energy companies. July 22, 2019 an upcoming rule from PHMSA is expected to concern streamlining U.S. regulations and harmonizing them with those in other countries, rather than focusing on safety and prevention of catastrophic explosions, reported E&E News. A PHMSA working group indicated in September 2018 that there, quote, is no process in place to evaluate the suitability of the software models to calculate these hazards. Five new LNG export facilities were expected to be operational by the end of 2019, and six more had been fully permitted. It remained unclear what the PHMSA will do to address the risk of explosion. Jerry Havens, a professor emeritus of chemical engineering, expressed concern that the current LNG infrastructure fails to account for the risk of catastrophe. Current LNG computational safety models are proprietary, so he could not determine their accuracy, and PHMSA had no protocol to evaluate the models. Haven said that the current system might dramatically underestimate the power of a worst-case accident by a factor of 10. July 1, 2019 The climate impact of proposed LNG expansion would be twice that of the current base of coal in the United States, Global Energy Monitor told CNN for their coverage of a new report by the network of researchers who track fossil fuel projects. This impact is primarily related to leaks of methane, the potent greenhouse gas, and the reason that the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has called for reducing natural gas in the coming decades. CNN reported, 
Economic viability is also in doubt, according to the Global Energy Monitor report, with, quote, plunging renewable energy costs putting much of the $1.3 trillion of LNG investments at risk. July 13, 2018. A retrospective look at the risk management and risk governance used to develop and construct three LNG facilities in Gladstone, Australia, evaluated the process by which multiple stakeholders, including government, business, community, and environmental groups, contributed to decision-making and management. The framework developed by the International Risk Governance Council was used for comparison. Environmental, social, and economic impacts occurred during construction, including death of harbor marine life, increased housing prices, and increased cost of living. Several problems in risk assessment and management were identified, including lack of cooperation between organizations at the onset of construction, disagreement as to whether monitoring and compliance mechanisms were adequate, and concern that the government was reactive to problems rather than attempting to prevent or mitigate risks. Several recommendations were made to improve the risk management process of future projects. February 12, 2018. Two LNG storage tanks were shut down at Chenier Energy's Sabine Pass export facility after leaking LNG was found in a containment ditch around one of the tanks, and 14 separate natural gas leaks were discovered around the base of a second tank. The Sabine Pass facility is located on the U.S. Gulf Coast on the border between Texas and Louisiana. Emergency procedures were put into place to assure the safety of the 107 on-site workers, but the public was not notified about this incident until more than two weeks later. Inspection revealed four cracks up to six feet long in the outer shell of the tank that had leaked LNG. These tanks are double-walled, but only the inner tank is designed to tolerate the super-chilled temperature of LNG. The outer tank, rated to only minus 25 degree Fahrenheit, became brittle upon contact with minus 260 degree Fahrenheit LNG. The resulting investigation uncovered a long history of safety issues at this plant, including 11 other incidents involving these tanks that had occurred as far back as 2008, when Sabine Pass was operating as an LNG import facility. After the Federal Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration ordered Chenier to conduct a root cause analysis and turn over records of any prior leaks. The agency also issued an order stating, quote, continued operation of the affected tanks without corrective measures is or would be hazardous to life, property, and the environment. Sabine Pass facility was required to receive written authorization from the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, before the tanks could be put back in service. As part of a later hearing, parts of which were closed to the press and to the public, an accident investigator with PHMSA said that she had struggled with the company to get information, quote, timely and in enough detail. In April 2018, the parties agreed to resolve the issue without administrative proceedings or litigation. November 20, 2017. Using a hybrid life cycle and energy strategy analysis, a team of energy researchers investigated the potential climate impacts of U.S. LNG exports to Asia. They found that gas emissions were widely variable 
dependent on the specific destination and the ultimate purpose for which the gas is used. Despite this range, under a scenario in which U.S. LNG exports continue to rise, quote, emissions are not likely to decrease and may increase significantly because of additional energy demand, higher U.S. emissions, and increased methane leakage. The study also predicted that increased LNG exports could actually prolong the lifespans of coal-fired plants within the United States. Altogether, these factors, quote, have the very real potential to undermine any prospective climate benefit in the long run. Going forward, policymakers must consider the complete climate ramifications of LNG exports. E&E News, reporting on the study, quoted one of the authors as saying, quote, The implications of our paper are that the greenhouse gas impacts from exporting U.S. natural gas here at home and abroad can be very, very bad. November 16, 2017. A legal analysis in the Energy Law Journal examined the contested decision between the Federal Emergency Regulatory Commission to authorize the expansion of the Dominion Cove Point LNG facility to allow for export as well as import activity by examining the multiple direct and indirect effects of the expansion. Direct effects included impacts on water quality, the North Atlantic right whale, and the public safety of local residents. Indirect effects included an increase in domestic fracking, increase in tanker traffic, and exacerbation of climate change as export markets increase demand for natural gas. Because this latter set of problems is not directly related to facility expansion, but rather to increase LNG exports, two different federal agencies have jurisdiction. The responsibilities of FERC and the Department of Energy were clarified regarding this distinction. FERC handles the environmental review, while DOE regulates export of LNG. In the case of Cove Point, FERC had issued a finding of no significant impact and was therefore not legally required to investigate indirect effects such as climate change. The analysis therefore concluded that FERC followed proper procedures and that the DOE would be a more appropriate target of legal action because of its control over LNG exports. This analysis reveals the diffusion of responsibility among federal agencies regulating LNG facilities and the legal difficulties of addressing far-removed indirect harms. July 25, 2017 Citing volatile market conditions, Malaysia's energy giant Petronas canceled plans for a massive LNG export terminal at the mouth of the Skeena River on British Columbia's remote northwest coast in Canada. As reported extensively by the Tai, the project was a target of intense protest by First Nations people and the subject of many lawsuits, as it threatened public health and would industrialize pristine salmon habitat. At one time, as many as 20 LNG projects were proposed for coastal communities, but not one has been built. The majority of largely Asian-backed proponents have now canceled or deferred their projects. A 50% drop in global oil prices combined with a 70% drop in global LNG prices forced Petronas to scuttle a number of projects over the last two years. July 10, 2017 Using a life cycle assessment and optimization analysis to forecast the environmental impacts of LNG, 
Researchers modeled three usage scenarios, hydrogen production, electricity generation, and vehicle fuel. The model assumed LNG transport by pipeline only and not by tanker. The highest environmental impact in each case was global warming potential, GWP, and the highest GWP occurred when LNG was used as a vehicle fuel. April 11, 2017. The World Bank Group, which makes loans to developing nations for capital projects like infrastructure, released environmental health and safety guidelines for LNG facilities. These guidelines address the risks of spills, fire explosions, air quality impacts, venting, flaring, and fugitive emissions. Also addressed was a danger of a rollover, phenomenon that occurs when layers of LNG of different density in a storage tank mix inappropriately. The result can be a rapid release of vapors and rise in pressure, potentially leading to catastrophic structural damage of the tank. March 30, 2017. Transportation researchers identified and assessed potential risks to public safety from LNG transport on inland waterways and as a fuel for vessels and ferries. The hazards included the possibility of collision with other ships or with stationary objects such as bridges, as well as the threats of vapor release, flash and jet fires, boiling liquid expanding vapor explosion, and rapid phase transition. Firefighting strategies for different scenarios were proposed. March 9, 2017. Liquefaction, LNG transport, and LNG evaporation determined more than 50% of LNG's global warming potential, GWP, in a cradle-to-gate life cycle analysis of LNG imported to the UK from Cotter. The analysis confirmed the dangerous effect of fugitive methane emissions on the total GWP of the supply chain. Other important parameters affecting GWP included the shipping distance and the tank volume. December 22, 2016. Methane emissions from the heavy-duty transportation sector have climate change implications according to a pump-to-wheels evaluation of natural gas-powered vehicles and the compressed natural gas and LNG stations that fuel them. While fueling stations themselves leak methane, tailpipe and crankcase emissions were the highest sources. May 2, 2016. The potential economic and greenhouse gas GHG impacts of importing LNG to Hawaii for electricity generation was modeled. Methane is a potent GHG, and although the use of LNG would decrease the local GHG output of Hawaii's electrical sector, life cycle global GHG emissions would likely increase. This study did not examine other potential environmental impacts of LNG. Currently, the majority of Hawaii's electricity is provided by oil-fired generation. November 12, 2015. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo rejected a heavily contested proposal to construct an LNG terminal 19 miles off the coast of Long Island. From his letter to the Maritime Administration, quote, The security and economic risks far outweigh any potential benefits. The potential for disaster with this project during extreme weather or amid other security risks is simply unacceptable. The governor also noted the risks posed to scallop and squid fisheries, as well as the project's conflict with a proposed large-scale offshore wind farm. 
September 30, 2015. Measurements of the gaseous and particulate emissions of a cruise ferry on the Baltic Sea using a dual-fuel engine showed that LNG is not a clean fuel for ships. Methane made up about 85% of the vessel's hydrocarbon emissions. Particulate emissions showed a huge amount of volatile and non-volatile particles, both of which are hazardous to human health. September 26, 2014 the U.S. Government Accountability Office, GAO, issued a report of the federal process for reviewing applications to export LNG. As part of the process, DOE and FERC considered public comment. Numerous environmental concerns include the risk that exports will increase hydrofracking for natural gas, along with its associated environmental effects and greenhouse gas emissions. Under the National Environmental Policy Act, the DOE must consider the environmental effects of its decisions. April 23, 2014. The dynamics and hazards from an LNG spill are not well understood and require further research, according to a comprehensive review of research into the LNG production chain from Australia that examined vapor production, vapor dispersion, and mechanisms of combustion noting the, quote, intrinsic process safety issues of LNG, as well as potential attraction as a terrorist target. Authors described various threats to human safety, including pool fires, jet fires, and vapor cloud explosions. December 14, 2009. Certain LNG hazards are not, quote, understood well enough to support a terminal siting approval, according to a Congressional Research Service report that summarizes LNG hazards in the context of federal rules related to where LNG terminals are located. Potential risks include pool fires and flammable vapor clouds, as well as the possibility of terrorist attacks. The analysis points out the need for additional LNG safety research. July 7, 2009. Because LNG projects are among the most expensive energy projects, the reserves of gas to justify the investment need to be large enough to guarantee about 30 years of production, according to a report by the Joint Research Center of the European Union. May 13, 2008. LNG infrastructure is inherently hazardous and is potentially attractive to terrorists, according to a CRS study that was prepared at a time when the United States was a net importer of LNG. Security of tankers, import terminals, and inland storage plants were identified as issues of concern. Serious risks include pool fires with intense heat, which can occur when LNG spills near an ignition source, flammable vapor clouds that can drift until reaching an ignition source, and a rapid phase transition that can generate a flameless explosion. As per this report, there have been 13 serious accidents at onshore LNG terminals since 1944. February 22, 2007. The GAO examined the results of studies on the consequences of an LNG spill and discussed expert opinion about the consequences of a terrorist attack on an LNG tanker. The studies indicate that 30 seconds of exposure to the heat of an LNG fire could cause burns up to a distance of about one mile. The experts concluded that this would be the most likely public safety hazard, with the risk of explosion less likely. Recommendations were made for further studies, including evaluating the possibility of cascading failure 
or multiple LNG tanks on a ship might fail in sequence. September 9, 2003 As part of a larger investigation of potential terrorist targets in wake of the 9-11 attacks, the CRS provided a background report to the U.S. Congress on the security of LNG terminals in the United States. At the time, the United States was a net importer of natural gas, and LNG was shipped from overseas to U.S. ports. CRS identified LNG tanker ships and storage infrastructure as, quote, vulnerable to terrorism. Noting that tankers could be turned as weapons against coastal cities and that inland LNG facilities are typically located near large population centers. The CRS further noted that the public cost of security for LNG shipments via Coast Guard escorts of tankers through coastal shipping channels was considerable, $40,000 to $80,000 per tanker. August 1, 1995. The U.S. Department of Transportation identified three important hazardous properties of LNG. Flammability hazards, fire or explosion from ignition of leaks, toxicity hazards, asphyxiation from exposure to non-odorized fuel gas, and cryogenic hazards, personal injury plus structural failure of equipment from prolonged exposure to extremely cold temperatures. Gas-Fired Power Plants In 2016, natural gas-fired power plants surpassed coal-burning plants as the leading source of electrical generation in the United States. In 2016 alone, U.S. gas-fired generation increased by 8%, according to the International Energy Agency. There are two types of gas-fueled power plants, combined cycle plants and simple cycle plants. Both types are major emitters of carbon dioxide, uncombusted methane, and nitrogen oxides which contribute to the formation of ground-level ozone, or smog. Combined cycle gas plants reuse waste heat to generate additional electricity and are roughly equivalent in efficiency to an older coal plant. Simple cycle gas plants, also called peaker plants, can be turned on and off faster to meet fluctuating energy demands when electricity needs peak, but they are much less efficient and more polluting than combined cycle plants. Simple cycle peaker plants can often generate more nitrogen oxides and carbon monoxide than coal plants. Gas-fired combined cycle plants were formally promoted as a bridge to reduce emissions while renewables ramp up. However, renewable prices have fallen low enough to allow a transition directly from coal to solar and wind power, revealing that gas plants with long returns on investment are more a barrier than a bridge and serve to delay a speedy transition to renewable energy. At the same time, the life cycle greenhouse gas emissions of both types of gas-fired power plants have been shown to be far higher than previously estimated. In Virginia, carbon dioxide emissions from electricity generation rose rather than fell after the state retired its fleet of coal plants and embarked on a massive build-out of gas-burning plants. New natural gas plants lock in demand for gas for longer than current climate scenarios dictate, which call for net-zero carbon emissions by mid-century. Gas plants thus risk becoming stranded assets as they would need to be decommissioned well before the end of their lifespans. 
Gas-fired simple cycle plants that are used on demand as peakers have become obsolete as battery technology now allows for the storage of renewable energy, eliminating the need for gas plants to provide power in times of peak demand. Emerging evidence shows a variety of health impacts to people living near gas-fired power plants. At this writing in New York State, several fracked gas power plant projects are facing stiff opposition on climate, public health, and economic grounds. These include a proposed expansion of the Dan Scammer Peaker Plant, three recently built gas plants, CVP Valley, Cricket Valley, and Bayonne Energy Center, and NRG's proposed peaker plant, oil-to-gas conversion in Astoria. In August 2019, plans to convert the coal-burning Cayuga power plant in Lansing, New York, into a gas-fired plant were abandoned after massive public opposition, and the plant was retired. July 15, 2020. The municipality of Cornwall, New York, passed a resolution opposing the expansion of the Dance Camera Power Plant, which is seeking to retool its gas-fired peaker plant in the Hudson River Valley into a continuously operating baseload facility. In doing so, Cornwall joined 20-plus other towns and cities in opposing the project. The Danscammer plant would increase nitrogen oxides, ozone, and particulate matter in the area and increase greenhouse gas emissions. Permitted through 2053, its operation would also exceed the state's timeline to reach 100% clean energy by 2040. Further, the downwind city of Newburgh is an environmental justice community, as noted by the City of Hudson Common Council when it passed its own resolution. The proposal, if approved, quote, will continue the state's reliance upon fossil fuels and will not promote the state's climate change policy. The proposal is currently under review by the New York State Public Service Commission. A decision will be made by a state siting board. July 8, 2020. Samples of water, sediments, soil, and biota were analyzed for concentration of potentially toxic trace materials, arsenic, cadmium, chromium, mercury, lead, zinc, in a lagoon next to a gas and oil power plant in Lagos, Nigeria. Rigorous sampling and analysis of crabs and shrimp, which are ingested by the local population as an important food source, showed bioaccumulation of cadmium, lead, mercury, and zinc. Another pathway of exposure was via air, as atmospheric deposition of pollutants was believed to be responsible for chromium measured in proximal soil samples. And since the concentration of arsenic, cadmium, chromium, and lead in the lagoon water decreased steadily with distance away from the plant. The authors concluded that their levels in the lagoon were influenced by operations of the power plant. May 22, 2020. The approval of the largest power plant in Europe, which is being developed by Drax in North Yorkshire, could account for 75% of the UK's power sector emissions when fully operational. The UK's planning inspectorate recommended that ministers refuse permission for the 3.6 gigawatt gas plant because it, quote, would undermine the government's commitment as set out in the Climate Change Act 2008 to cut greenhouse emissions by having significant adverse effects. This was the first time this group had ever taken such an action. Despite this recommendation, the Secretary of State for Business, Energy, and Industrial Strategy rejected the advice 
and approved the project in October 2019. May 22, 2020. A new set of data visualization tools from physicians, scientists, and engineers for healthy energy, PSE, demonstrates that peaker generating natural gas plants causing the greatest health burdens can be retired and replaced with energy storage for each state with storage friendly policies. California, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Florida, New York, New Jersey, and Massachusetts. There is a report with data visualization. According to PSE's Director of Research, Elena Krieger, quote, Regulators and policymakers can use our findings to inform decisions related to energy storage and clean energy targets, greenhouse gas and criteria pollutant emission reductions, and investments to improve clean energy access for underserved and vulnerable communities. May 20, 2020. A review of EPA admissions data showed that Virginia is an outlier for U.S. electricity emissions reductions attributable to the state's massive buildout of natural gas plants. Although all but two of its six remaining coal plants have closed, the state's replacement with gas for electricity generation has led to soaring carbon dioxide emissions, about 4 million tons in 2009 to almost 25 million tons in 2019, accounting for 80% of all power sector emissions in Virginia. The low cost of fracked gas served as an incentive to the power plant boom, as did state legislation that encouraged utilities to build more power plants. May 4, 2020. Tens of billions of dollars of shareholder risk accompanies new natural gas infrastructure, according to a report reviewed by Forbes. The report by the organization Energy Innovation and the shareholder advocacy group As You Sow argues that utility investment in new natural gas infrastructure only compounds risks for investors, consumers, and society. Due to incompatibilities with climate goals, as well as intense competition from renewables, the report advocates for clean energy transition as a more affordable, less risky option. The article reinforced the report's findings citing studies by the National Renewable Energy Laboratory National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, Evolved Energy, and Vibrant Clean Energy, which found that at least 80% of our electricity could be generated from renewable sources without reliability or affordability issues. April 26, 2020. Air pollution is strongly associated with cardiovascular disease. In one of the first studies of its kind, a research team investigated the effects of air pollution exposure among workers in natural gas-fired power plants in Nigeria and matched them with healthy controls. They found increased systolic blood pressure, increased pulse rate, and higher levels of the inflammatory marker C-reactive protein in the workers compared to the controls. The longer the workers were employed there, the more abnormal their results. April 8, 2020 New York State could have met the need for electricity with renewables, storage, and energy efficiency measures following the closure of the Indian Point nuclear power plant without constructing two major gas-fired power plants, according to an analysis by PSE Healthy Energy. The report concludes expanding gas infrastructure risks creating stranded assets and threatens to undermine New York's climate goals and that employing clean resources instead of gas, quote, 
could bring co-benefits like improved local air quality from the reduction of criteria air pollutants emitted by natural gas plants and enhanced grid resiliency in the case of natural disasters or other emergencies. March 12, 2020. The Leviathan natural gas fields discovered 10 years earlier off the coast of Haifa and Israel became operational in December 2019. Hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue were anticipated. However, the economic downturn, a European Union carbon tax imposed on imported fossil fuels, decreased demand, falling costs of renewables, and greater concern about climate change combined to reduce the expected windfall by a factor of 10, raising questions about further investments in gas infrastructure and in building gas-fired power plants that will be obsolete within 20 years. February 27, 2020. The monthly report by an energy analyst from Australian National University's Crawford School of Public Policy challenged the national government's investment in a program that proposes up to five new gas-powered plants. The monthly National Energy Emissions Audit suggested instead to increase supply, current functioning power plants can operate at greater capacity. According to the audit, combined cycle gas plants in the national grid were operating at only 30% capacity. Quote, in reality, gas is expensive, it's high polluting, and as this research shows, it is underperforming. Given this, why would we underwrite new gas-fired plants? January 6, 2020. The Cayuga Power Plant in Lansing, New York, ceased generating power on August 29, 2019, after plans to convert the facility from a coal plant to a natural gas peaker plant were scrapped in the face of massive public opposition and after electricity transmission upgrades made electricity generated from this plant unnecessary. An advisory committee to the Lansing Town Council will oversee the future of the site. Current plans are to convert the facility into a data center with energy storage. September 9, 2019. Renewables and large storage batteries will put gas-fired power plants out of business, according to an analysis by Bloomberg. It will happen so quickly that gas plants now on the drawing boards will become uneconomical before their owners are finished paying for them. September 9, 2019. An analysis by USA Today found as many as 177 natural gas power plants in the United States, quote, planned under construction or announced, with close to 2,000 currently in service. In addition to the potentially catastrophic climate implications of increased methane emissions from such plants, figures show that their cost, quote, will be more expensive than renewable alternatives and that incentives reward utility companies for building them instead of turning to renewable alternatives. That is, in most of the country, quote, a combination of state-level rate-setting requirements and regional market rules lead to compensation structures that favor coal and natural gas over renewable sources of energy. July 8, 2019. S&P Global reported that economics are causing some utilities to consider renewable energy projects over gas-fired power plant investments. States that have placed moratoria or rejected plans for new gas power plants include Arizona, Colorado, California, and Virginia. 
investments in new gas plants will become more risky if some form of carbon dioxide emissions price is enacted in the next few years. February 11, 2019 The mayor of Los Angeles announced that the city will close rather than modernize three gas-fired power plants after the California legislature passed a bill requiring the state to get 100% of its electrical power from the climate-friendly sources by 2045. Instead, the city will pursue clean energy technologies with battery storage. The Scattergood, Hayes, and Harbor Natural Gas Plants will be phased out by 2029. In a press statement, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti said, quote, This is the beginning of the end of natural gas in Los Angeles. The climate crisis demands that we move more quickly to end dependence on fossil fuel, and that's what today is all about. February 8, 2019 the Arizona Corporation Commission voted to extend the state's moratorium on buying or building new gas-fired power plants and called for energy storage to provide peak power rather than additional natural gas plants. April 1, 2018 Integrating environmental, economic, and social factors to evaluate overall sustainability, a British team compared shale gas with other electricity options in the United Kingdom. Fracking emerged as one of the least sustainable ways to produce electricity. Specifically, shale gas ranked seventh out of nine options for electrical generation, with wind and solar energy scoring the best and coal the worst. These results suggest that, quote, a future electricity mix would be more sustainable with a lower rather than a higher share of shale gas. July 14, 2017. A European team evaluated the performance of coal in gas-fired power plants that are used to back up renewable energy as the European Union transitions to greater reliance on renewable sources for electrical generation. As renewables increasingly dominate, traditional fossil fuel plants will be required to ramp up and down and cycle on and off more frequently. However, these ramping and cycling events will negatively impact the operation of the fossil fuel power plants as they will become fatigued, resulting in higher operational and maintenance costs, reduced lifetime, degraded performance, and higher emissions of air pollution over time. Gas plants are generally more efficient, faster, and less polluting than coal, but under certain conditions will produce more nitrogen oxides, a component of smog, and more carbon monoxide than coal-fired plants. Current fossil fuel technology will need significant and costly improvements in order to handle the increased gradients, number of starts, lower minimum load, and emissions. February 1, 2017 There is a high degree of uncertainty about the methane emissions from natural gas-fired power plants. As part of a study that also includes oil refineries, a Purdue University team evaluated methane emissions from three gas-fired power plants in Utah, Indiana, and Illinois during hours of peak operation. Both fugitive methane leaks from the facility at large as well as uncombusted methane from the stacks were measured using aircraft. Results showed that average methane emissions rates were larger than facility reported estimates by factors of 21 to 120. The authors concluded that gas-fired power plants, quote, may be significant contributors to annual methane emissions in the U.S., despite lack of facility emissions reporting in U.S. inventories. Furthermore, 
Results suggest that the primary source of methane emissions at these facilities may be from non-combustion sources. June 28, 2015 Pregnant women living near gas-fired power plants were more likely to give birth prematurely according to a study of more than 400,000 infants born in Florida between 2004 and 2005. This study investigated associations between adverse birth outcomes and residential proximity to several types of power plants, including those burning oil, gas, and solid waste. September 22, 2012. An investigation of methane and nitrous oxide emissions at eight different gas-fired power plants in Korea found that emissions can vary depending on combustion technologies. Results from this study differed both from those used as the default emissions rates by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and from those measured in Japan. The authors concluded that the technology-specific and country-specific emissions factors for gas-fired power plants need to be established. February 27, 2012 Using hospitalization data, a research team working in New York State examined whether living near a fuel-fired power plant increased the rate of hospitalization for asthma, acute respiratory infections, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, all of which have known links to air pollution exposure. Preliminary analyses of hospitalization rates associated with a residence in a zip code with a power plant stratified by type of fuel used, coal, gas, oil, or solid waste, did not show clear or consistent patterns. Therefore, patients were classified as exposed if they lived in a zip code with at least one power plant in it, regardless of the type of fuel used. After adjusting for age, sex, race, median household income, and rural urban residents, the research team found significantly elevated rates of hospitalization for asthma, 11% increase, acute respiratory infection, 15% increase, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, 17% increase, among New Yorkers living near at least one fuel-fired power plant. October 20, 2011 Emergency room visits and hospital admissions in elderly people living close to a new gas-fired power plant in Italy were counted and related to levels of air pollution both before and after the plants became operational. The results showed that ambient levels of nitrogen oxides and particulate matter rose after the plant started operations. Further, despite the fact that pollutants were below the limits set by the European legislation, there was a positive correlation between number of emergency room visits and daily concentrations of these air pollutants among nearby residents aged 70 and older. April 5, 2010 Most new fossil fuel power plants are gas-powered. In this study, a research team estimated the number of premature deaths from fine particulate matter that would result from bringing 29 proposed fossil fuel power plants in Virginia online. Their modeling predicted that were all 29 plants made operational, concentrations of fine particulate air pollution would rise in 271 counties across 19 states. Over a six-year period, 104 cumulative excess deaths would occur due to operations of these proposed plants. And that will wrap up this episode of Frack You Very Much. Once again, I am reading from the Compendium of Scientific, Medical, and Media Findings Demonstrating Risks and Harms of Fracking, 
Unconventional Gas and Oil Extraction, 7th edition, December 2020. Published by the Concerned Health Professionals of New York and Physicians for Social Responsibility. In addition to being organized by topic and by date, this document is very heavily footnoted, multiple footnotes per page. So any of the things that you have heard me read, you have uh, the ability to take a look in the document and find the original source and look at the source data. And that will wrap up this episode of Frack You Very Much. Remember, you can check out all the back episodes at frackyouverymuch.com. You can also listen to this podcast and all my podcasts playing 24-7 at movingtrainradio.com. Here is Lee Reed from the album The Butcher, The Banker, The Bitumen Tanker. This is Bad Gas. Thanks for listening. The oil sands are the second largest oil deposit in the world, bigger than Iraq, Iran, or Russia, exceeded only by Saudi Arabia. Digging the bitumen out of the ground, squeezing the oil and converting it into synthetic crude is a monumental challenge. It requires vast amounts of capital, Brobdingnagian technology, and an array of skilled workers. In short, it is an enterprise of epic proportions akin to building the pyramids or China's Great Wall, only bigger, 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 There's no denying it, the climate changing, stakes is higher, storms violent, the water dying, they force complying for client biases, data cited, title shift, existence, life's in the grips, the fortune, the torture report ship, petrol pricks and toss and riches, addiction, the victim etiquette until we're dead from the threat of unleaded and earth shredded, but first world edifice, profit got no pause or impediment, falling like the house of sawed and all three parties Wanna party hard? They got our parliaments involved in toss and extraction is charted. Backdoor is always revolving. Them lips and cons have both got jobs reported to the corporate causes. Profit posted for they bosses. The artwork or dirt into coffins and bitumens is just so toxic. Lost it, all hopes forgotten. That barrel races to the bottom and democratic process raw and we fall in like leaves in the autumn. Season sees the cancer. A blossom, tar sands are so catastrophic. Largest ever man made project that feed the peeps a broken promise. Bought it, now the beast has got it. Them folks is forced to pay the cost of it. True north, free for the market. Eco sided basement bargain. The earth is bleeding in the process. The world is pleading for us to stop it. Yes, check that ass. That's some bad gas you passing. Toss sand extractor, court disaster for corporate masters. Check that ass, that's some bad gas you passing. And the earth can't manage it. The heart and damages. It caused the planet and Albertan advantages. That's some bad gas you passing. Check that ass, that's some bad gas. It is an enterprise of epic performance.
Network.